How did you happen to get in here? I ran here. You scared the daylights out of me last night. Seems like the truth shouldn't scare anybody, man or boy. Hello everyone, welcome to When It Was Cool Dark. I'm your host, Carl Stern. Thank you very much for joining me. This podcast is produced and distributed by whenitwascool.com. I invite you to check out our website and our podcasting network. We have multiple shows. Come by whenitwascool.com, check out all of our free offerings. If you like what you hear, and I hope you do, I encourage you to become a Patreon supporter. Uh, that will keep our podcast uh, network going, our website going, and give you instant access to over 2,000 podcasts in our podcasting archives. We now have video up as well. Uh, we do uh, about one or two videos a week on different uh, topics related to pop culture, collecting, things like that. So uh, check us out at whenitwascool.com and become a Patreon supporter. Today, we are continuing our series, 100 of the Darkest Moments in Pop Culture History. We are very near the conclusion of this series now. We're almost finished. And uh, once we finish, we're going to be taking a week off, and uh, the podcast is going to relaunch in a different direction. We're going to uh, return to our roots in a lot of ways. When this podcast first started, uh, we were a spinoff of Brian Alvarez After Dark podcast featured on the Dark Matter Digital Network and and so on. And we uh, talked a lot about science, the paranormal, uh, psychology, society, things like that. And uh, we're going to be returning to that. Uh, mostly with a focus on mysteries, uh, trying to look at things that have uh, confounded people for uh, maybe as long as we've been around. It's going to be a real deep dive into uh, some of these topics. It's probably, I'm hoping, it's going to be the most important podcast you listen to every time it drops. We're going to get into some really uh, deep, detailed subject matter, and I hope you will join us there. If that sounds like something you're interested in, again, uh, do bookmark us at whenitwascool.com and uh, support our show. So today, in our 100 Darkest Moments in Pop Culture History, this one was suggested by one of our great uh, Patreons, uh, Sator, uh requested uh, this topic and as a patreon supporter when it was cool that's one of the powers you get you're granted the power to request uh podcast topics and uh depending on which uh, show we have our retro pop culture show when it was cool dark our uh wrestling history show plus numerous specials so there's plenty of opportunity and uh, so uh, because of this request we're going to talk about slick rick and look, I love Slick Rick back in the day. I had a friend. Uh, I was in about, I guess, eighth grade. Well, I was for sure in eighth grade because I, I transferred schools in eighth grade. And, and uh, one of the first people I became uh, kind of a friend with was heavily into hip-hop. Now, this was the mid-1980s. So this is early days hip-hop. This is uh, Slick Rick, Cinderfella, 
people like that. This is early. This is before. This is a few years before straight out of Compton dropped. This is uh, years before that. So this was the very early stuff. So I actually saw Slick Rick in concert back in the day. You can believe it or not. It's a true story. And uh, so I, I liked Slick Rick. And uh, I, I actually didn't know about this story. Um, I'd kind of lo- transitioned out of that. Uh, you know, I, I like hip hop. I like rap. I kind of got back into rap a little bit uh, during the post uh, Tupac era a little bit. But like heavy metal, classic rock was more my favorite thing. And so as I got more into that, especially with the rise of like Metallica and stuff, I really got more into heavy metal. I sort of lost the thread with hip hop there for a while. So I guess I missed this era. In fact, this took place around 1989 or so. Uh, and uh, early 90s, 89, 1990, somewhere right in there. So that's, I graduated high school in 1989. And so, yeah, I was already, you know, well into heavy metal at that point in time. I was just leaving high school, going out into, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do next in life, going to school, uh, post graduate school and things like that. And, uh, this is, this is when all this happened. So I, I kind of lost, lost it, but apparently Slick Rick, Story takes that. We've talked about this here lately in several uh, episodes. His career takes the however moment. Whenever we talk about these stars, these uh, these uh, successes that these very famous people have had, and again, this is an exploration of popular culture. So we're talking about music, TV, movies, sports, uh, uh, writers, things like that. Uh, we talk about what made them famous, and then suddenly the story very often goes, however, and then we know why they landed on the list of 100 of the darkest moments in pop culture history. So Slick Rick is a pioneering uh, rap, hip-hop artist, uh, very influential in the early days. However, in 1989, uh, Walters, and then listen to this, you know, obviously, Slick Rick's not his name is Richard Martin Lloyd Waters. He was born in 1965, still alive. He's 58 years old. Uh, many people don't know he was born in England. Yes, he was born in London, England, as a matter of fact. And again, he is one of the pioneering hip hop artists, along with Dougie Fresh, the Get Fresh crew. Um, like, I think the first song, and for sure, their most, you know, probably famous songs, The Show. And that's probably the first thing I heard by him. Again, I was brought in by a friend into the world of, of hip hop. And I'm sure we spun this tune many, many times, uh, riding around in a beat up old car back in high school and, uh, probably thought we were the coolest thing on the block. But in 1989, Slick Rick's mother, Veronica, hired his first cousin. Now, always when you work with family, that can often cause problems. The cousin's name was Mark Plummer. Hired him as his bodyguard. By 1990, Plummer had become a liability, having tried numerous times to extort money from Slick Rick. Yep, it's going to take a turn here. What's going to happen? Mark Plummer was fired and, unsatisfied with his severance package, tried to rob Walters on numerous occasions. And also threatened to kill the rapper and his mother. So we got internal feuding. Imagine this in hip hop. 
a, a story that will be oft repeated over the years, a story we've talked about many times already in this 100 Darkest Moments series. When Slate Rick found a bullet holes in his front door, he bought guns for protection. So this is escalating. And on July 3rd, 1990s, uh, 1990, uh, Slate Rick spotted Plummer in his neighborhood. Got in one little fight, his mom got scared, right? Nope. This is he fired at least four shots at Plummer. One bullet hit Plummer. Rappers in a shootout, imagine this. Breaking news. Another one hit a passerby in the foot. Though neither suffered life threatening injuries. We're just spraying gunfire all around, hitting innocent people in the foot and everything else. So clearly he's gonna get arrested for this and And clearly, he's going to be hauled before the court. However, he gets a a pretty hefty little sentence here, I think. He eventually pled guilty to two counts of attempted murder and other charges, including assault, use of a firearm, and criminal possession of a weapon. The rapper called it an act of self-defense, and he spent five years in prison, two for the at the time, second-degree attempted murder charges, and a three for disputes with Immigration and Naturalization Services over his residency in the U.S. So, apparently, him being from England, London, England, this, uh, you know, gets mixed into the proceedings, and he ends up spending years in jail. His uh, He was released from prison in 1997. So, you know... The, he's slick rick has some issues here he misses a you know several years of his uh of his career he was bailed out by russell simmons certainly no stranger to controversy is one russell simmons walters recorded his uh, slick rick recorded his second album the rulers back released in 1991 Despite peaking at number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100, yeah, this thing got into the uh, top 30 of the Billboard Hot 100, the album received mixed reviews and was not as commercially successful as his debut. In the documentary film about Slick Rick's life called The Show, appropriately enough, Russell Simmons interviewed Slick Rick while he was in prison on Rockers Island. Slick Rick's third studio album, the fourth from Death Jam, was titled Behind Bars, was released in 1994 while he was still incarcerated. It was met with lukewarm sales and reviews. Behind Bars peaked at number 11 on the Billboard's top R&B and hip-hop albums chart and number 51 on the Billboard 200. So this one uh, failed to break into the top 40 albums. And uh, so, yeah, it's... uh, his, his incarceration, despite, as many of these rap artists somehow do, make rap art, rap albums from jail. I've never really figured out how that worked, but it's one of many who has managed to do recordings from jail. Slick Rick remained with the Def Jam label, and on May 25th, 1999, he released a fourth album, The Art of Storytelling. Art of Storytelling was a comeback album that paired him with prolific MCs like Nas, Outkast, uh, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he's getting some star treatment there. The Los Angeles Times announced it was a triumphant return of rap's premier yarn spinner calling the song Two-Way Street a much-needed alternative to rap's misogynistic slant. 
It charted higher than any of Slick Rick's prior releases. Number eight on the Billboard 200 and number one on the top R&B hip-hop albums chart. So he manages to come back with a, with a uh, vengeance in 1999. Now then, he keeps having trouble. He's not done with the Immigration and Naturalization Services yet because... After performing on a Caribbean cruise ship in June of 2002, Slick Rick and each what's he doing performing on you know a cruise ship really? I mean, anyway, Slick Rick's arrested by immigration again as he re-entered the United States through Florida. He was promptly told that he was being deported under a law allowing deportation of foreigners convicted of felonies. He was refused bail. He spent 17 further months in prison, can you believe that, and was released November 7, 2003. In October of 2006, the Department of Homeland Security began a new attempt to deport uh, Slick Rick back to the U.K. Moving the case from the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Circuit Court based in New York to the more conservative 11th Circuit, court based in Atlanta, Georgia. The trial was expected to proceed in Florida where immigration agents originally arrested Slick Rick. On May 23, 2008, New York Governor David Patterson granted Slick Rick a full and unconditional pardon on the attempted murder charges. Governor was pleased with his behavior since the attempted murders and Slick Rick volunteered his time to mentor kids about violence. So a turn, a baby face turn there at the end for Slick Rick. A governor comes out of nowhere. David Patterson comes out and he goes, hey, I like the show. And, uh, Pardon Slick Rick. I don't know if he said he liked the show or not. Maybe maybe he hated it. Maybe he hated it. I don't know. But he granted him a pardon. Imagine that. So, when we come back after our mid-show break here, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about what happened, this gunfight in the middle of the neighborhood. Bodyguard getting shot at. People getting wounded in the foot. Slick Rick slinging lead everywhere i wonder if anybody was screaming oh 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 my god i hope so anyway we'll be look this is the type of entertainment you you could pay for if you pay to be a patreon and get more of this who, who could possibly who could possibly want more we'll be right back right after this peer review occupies special territory in the world of science however investigation of suppressed innovations inventions treatments and cures rapidly reveals that the peer review system is in fact arguably better at one thing above all others. Censorship of contrarian viewpoints and new innovations. Many scientists have had to learn this the hard way. As David Kaplan tells us, peer review is known to engender bias, incompetence, excessive expense, ineffectiveness and corruption. A surfeit of publications has documented the deficiencies of this system. Australian physicist Brian Martin elaborates on this theme in his excellent article, Strategies for Dissenting Scientists. He says, Certain sorts of innovation are welcome in science when they fall within established frameworks and do not threaten vested interests. But aside from this sort of routine innovation, science has many similarities to systems of dogma. Dissenters are not welcome. They are ignored, rejected and sometimes attacked. Electric Universe researcher Walt Thornhill stated plainly in our GFM media interview that the peer review system is basically just censorship. Fellow independent scientist Gary Novak is also scathing, stating, 
Peer review is a form of censorship which is tyranny over the mind. Censorship does not purify, it corrupts. There is a lot of junk science and trash that goes through the peer review process. Do not be alarmed. 370 dark. 371. Darker. Excuse me, Carl. Excuse me, Carl. Excuse me, Carl. Your own. Uh, uh, own. Yep, we're back. Slick Rick. Shooting at people. Going to jail. Constantly getting attempted to be kicked out of the country. Making good pioneering rap and hip-hop music. Come on, man. Leave Slick Rick alone. TheGuardian.com had this to say. It was Slick Rick's success that proved his undoing after he accrued wealth and fame. And some of the hubris that had initially he had set out to lampoon, it was decided that Slick Rick needed protecting as much from himself as anyone else. So his mother, who was then his manager, hired a bodyguard, Mark Plummer, who was also, as we mentioned previously, his cousin, keeping it all in the family. If Slick Rick was a walking, talking parody of ghetto uh, uh, affrontery, uh, Plummer was the real thing. Before long, he took to extorting his newly minted cousin with the jewelry and series of rental properties in New York. Slick Rick fired Plummer, who responded by trying to rob him and then threatening to kill him and his mother. After coming home... To find bullet holes in his front door, Rick decided it was time to fight fire with fire. And as we already know, this turns out to be a very bad idea. On July the 3rd, 1990, having received a phone call from a friend telling him that Mark Plummer was in the neighborhood looking for him, Slick Rick set off in his car to find him. In his boot were six fully loaded weapons. Six weapons in his boot, including but not limited to, two machine pistols, and a shotgun. How did he get a shotgun in his boot? It's on, all right. Spying Plummer, Rick fired once, missing Plummer completely. This is when he hit the innocent bystander. He shot somebody else in the foot. I'd like to know this person's story. You know, I was walking in the neighborhood. Minding my own business, listening to the show on my Walkman. Suddenly, however, I get hit in the foot by a shotgun blast coming out of some dude's boot. Lo and behold, it's Slick Rick, eye patch and all. Giant Steve Harvey mustache. Going, uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, oh. I meant to shoot my cousin, oh. Nope. The Guardian continues. I may have added some additional commentary there. The Guardian continues, A second bullet ripped through Plummer's sneaker and grazed his foot. Man, he needs to pull his aim up a little bit. Fleeing from the scene, Slick Rick panicked and crashed into a tree. (laughs) It's like a sitcom going on here. Uh Uh-oh. There's a tree in the way. The police arrived within minutes. Slick Rick was arrested. He immediately pleaded guilty to, to like, you know, hey, I've done it. Shooting people in the feet, crashing cars into trees. Wiki, wiki, wiki. He pled 
Guilty immediately to two counts of attempted murder and other charges including assault, unlawful use of a firearm, criminal possession of a weapon, although perhaps understandably he caused an act of self-defense. He was sentenced to three to ten years in prison. He served five, two for the crime, and then three as a result of ongoing problems with the Immigration and Naturalization Service, which we know that would continue to be a problem for years to come. As for Mark Plummer, there was a ghastly coda to this sorry saga when he was shot and killed in retaliation for an unrelated crime. So I guess uh, Mark Plummer got his in the end. It just wasn't uh, Slick Rick who done it. If Slick Rick had just been patient and waited a minute, problem would have solved itself. But nope. He had to go out with six loaded weapons in his boot, including a shotgun. The Guardian article continues, It was like a prophecy in Oban, Slick Rick says of the moment I feared, in which the protagonist winds up in jail for life. As ever, he used blackly comic humor to undercut the terrifying uh, moment in which he is approached by salivating prisoners... Quote, I'm scared. Some kids snuff me cold and grease me where no one dared. Did that ever happen? No. But it's good to use your imagination to entertain your audience. It's about shock value and humor. And yeah, you know, Slick Rick certainly used levity in his songs to some degree, even if it was shocking and, and, and dark humor, it was still there. He rationalizes his use of graphic imagery by emphasizing that he is generally in character in his songs and by comparing his technique to the X-rated comedy stand-ups of Dave Chappelle and Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Red Fox. But is he philosophical now about his own past? And again, yeah, I mean, you got to look back. This is the era of Luke Skywalker and Two Live Crew and all that. You know, this was definitely some X-rated music lyrics out there, to be sure. It depends on how you look back on yourself, he muses. If you overly scrutinize yourself, you could say, I should have done this or that. You can look back and see how certain things influenced you to make wrong decisions. But you learn from your mistakes, and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You uh, learn from your prison time, your bad and good situations. It's like the story of Van Gogh with the ear cutting off. It depends on how you look at something. While incarcerated... Was he largely unbothered? Quote, When you first get to a place, you're treated like a new kid in a new school or a new guy in a new job. Everybody fills you out. But they pretty much leave you alone after a while, he said. During periods on bail, he uh, rushed release. So I guess he actually got out on bail so when he's doing these rap releases. During periods on bail, he rushed released the ruler's back. The rush released the uh, Rulers Back, 1991, and Behind Bars, 1994. Quote, I had a lot of stress. I still had the jail sentence, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen in the future as far as imprisonment and how much time I had, how I was going to make it back out, and how I was going to keep myself relevant in changing times. He says of the uh, pressurized recordings, which struggled justifiably, match the absurdist wit of his debut quote they were desperate got to keep your name relevant keep the bills paid jobs 
The Art of Storytelling, 1999, featured cameos from uh, such stars as Nas, Outkast, Snoop Dogg, and was his comeback proper. I was in a more relaxed state of mind, he admits, because now most of the prison sentence was gone and you were more able to enjoy your craft and see the pros and cons of where you stand and uh, what you need to excel in that day and age. That wasn't the end of his problems, though. As we mentioned, in 2001, returning to the U.S. after performing on a cruise, he was arrested again by the INS and spent 17 months in prison as authorities sought unsuccessfully to deport him on the grounds of him being a foreigner convicted of a felony. Department of Homeland Security had another go in 2006, but in 2008, as we mentioned, Governor David Patterson uh, gave him a full and unconditional pardon on the attempted murder charge. I wonder why the INS was so uh, hell-bent on trying to get rid of Slick Rick, for Pete's sake. Especially considering, you know, that, uh, you know, the, this person he shot at was obviously had some issues of his own, ended up getting killed in an unrelated matter. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, you can't just pack six loaded weapons in your boot and go shooting at people and everything else for sure. But it seemed like they were really, really interested in uh, really pressing to get Slick Rick deported back to uh, the UK. The uh, Guardian uh, concludes by saying, so how is Rick now? He is touring these shores for the first time this month. But he hasn't made an album in more than 15 years. This article, by the way, is from 2016, so still several years old now. It says, no, I was thinking I'll probably put something together now, put it on the Internet for my core audience to check out, he says, sounding wistful. Uh, not for nothing did Jay-Z say of him, like all great comics, he knew how to hide deeper emotions between the punchlines, emotions and like regret and loss. I'm pretty much in a relaxed state now. There's no pressure, nothing. He adds breezily. Um, he uh, He's looking forward to coming, quote, home and showing us some of his fancy dancing moves. Be good just to put a new album out there and uh, show that you're still a Picasso, a Rembrandt, or a Van Gogh in this game. You know what I mean? And uh, so I wonder what else Slick Rick's up to up to now i wonder if they renewed a, after that pardon i guess uh not really any viable grounds to try to deport him out of the u.s if he ever comes back or if maybe he's even over here let's see if see if we can update on slick rick here um Yes, after that article. Oh, he was granted U.S. citizenship. Guess what, INS? Who gets the last laugh here? Ha-ha. Slick Rick's on. That's who. Slick Rick married his wife, Mandy, in April of 1997, four years after the couple met at a Manhattan nightclub. The performer has two children from a previous relationship. He and his wife have donated about a dozen items from his collection to the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture. Slick Rick and the Soul Rebels Brass Band collaborated on a June 21, 2012 in Washington, D.C. at the historic Howard Theater. Uh, in addition, he was a Mixed Cares Humanitarian Award recipient. On April 15, 2016, Slick Rick was granted U.S. citizenship, remarking, I am so proud of this moment. 
I bet he is so the INS can quit hounding him. He can go on a cruise in peace. Good grief. And uh, he's so honored to finally become an American citizen. He will also retain his U.K. citizenship. So he has dual citizenship now. Good for Slick Rick. On November 2nd, 2018, this is the latest thing I have here, he released the single Snakes of the World Today. In 2020, uh, Rick featured on West Side Gun's album, Who Made the Sunshine? So he popped up as recently as three years ago, it looks like, on a, another another album doing a guest spot. You would think you would think he would be more uh, active in like making guest spots on, on uh, different artist albums and things like that. Like you know, like I said, it was you know, it was uh, back in high school that I the one and only time saw Slick Rick and I have to admit pretty pretty fun show pretty fun little time there uh, to be had I is you know that was generally most people that know me probably would think eh, couldn't imagine you'd like that type of music I loved it love love that type of music I said my friend was very heavily into it this is uh, here's here's an article uh, from Chaos Spin entitled 10 things you didn't know about Slick Rick this is from back in 2000 and a 21, so a couple years ago. Let's see. Let's see if we've learned anything about Slick Rick or if we can find out something yet new. All right. Let's uh, see here. Ten things you didn't know about Slick Rick. Famous for being one of hip-hop's greatest pioneers, Slick Rick is responsible for some of the genre's most legendary classics. His debut album, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, spawned major hits like Hey Young World and Children's Story. In addition to his unique way of rapping, Slick Rick also became uh, well-known for wearing a patch over his right eye. Even though it's been more than 20 years uh, since Slick Rick released his most recent album, he continues to have an impact on rap music. His songs have been sampled by some of the most successful artists in the world, including Kanye West and Beyonce. And there's no doubt the list will continue to grow. So, number one, he was born in England. Well, yes, because thanks, thanks to when it was cool dark, we know that, and his problems that caused. The Bronx is the place that most people associate with Slick Rick. Many people will be surprised to know he isn't originally from New York. In fact, he isn't from the United States at all. Rick was born in England to Jamaican parents. He and his family moved to the United States when he was 11 years old. The patch on his eye isn't just about style. When Slick Rick hit the scene with a patch over his right eye, some people just assumed that it was a stylistic choice. However, there's much more to it than that. When Slick Rick was a kid, he got hit in the eye with broken glass, which left him permanently blind in his right eye. Okay. Number three, and this is why we're here, he had some trouble with the law. However, you're on 100 of the darkest moments in pop culture history because why? Throughout his career, Slick Rick was known for making music that was on the more light-hearted side. In real life, though, he had to deal with some very serious things. Summer 1990, he shot at his cousin and former bodyguard Mark Plummer after spotting Plummer in his neighborhood. The two had a very tense relationship after Slick Rick fired Plummer from being his bodyguard, and Plummer had threatened him on several occasions. A bullet a hit plumber as well as a bystander, and Slick Rick pled guilty to attempted murder. Ultimately served five years in prison. Slick Rick loves fashion. Looking good is something that's always been a big part of Slick Rick's brand, and is something he continues to enjoy. 
He loves being able to express himself through his clothing, and he recently started to get into the fashion game. In addition to doing a collaboration with Puma, he also sells his own merchandise. He fell in love with storytelling as a kid. One of the things that made Slick Rick different from his contemporaries was the fact that his music was heavily based on storytelling. Slick Rick told Billboard, quote, I was always into telling stories and stuff like that and adding a little humor to it. So when hip-hop came along, it was just like turning the stories into rap. He used to make beats. Rapping is obviously what most people know Slick Rick for, but he was also a producer early in his career. He used to enjoy making beats and produce several songs on his first album, including Hey Young World and Children's Story. However, as processes and technology became more complicated, he decided that he wanted to focus all his attention on rapping. Uh, he's a father. Slick Rick has never been the type to share much information about his personal life. One thing we do know, however, is that he's been married to Mandy, which we previously mentioned, since 1997. Slick Rick is also the father of two children, one with his wife and another from a previous relationship. He used to work for the Postal Service. Can you imagine Slick Rick delivering your mail? Before Slick Rick's rap career took off, he was living a very normal life. Uh, during an interview with Wax Poetics, Slick Rick said, I was a mail clerk making five, $560 a month. I had a girl, the whole shebang, so I had to be budgeting all the time. I was basically still doing okay for myself. He, lit, he enjoys listening to young rappers. Over the years, there have been countless debates over whether or not hip-hop is dying. Lots of older people who express their distaste for newer music. Slick Rick, however, is a fan of several of today's biggest artists. He likes listening to Kendrick Lamar, ASAP Rocky, and Jaden, to name a few. And finally, Slick Rick, like many other people, isn't a fan of his second album. The sophomore slump is a real thing in the music industry, and lots of artists have a difficult time topping the success of their first album. Unfortunately for Slick Rick, this is something he had to deal with. However, it's not just the fans who weren't feeling his second album. Slick Rick didn't like it either. When asked about his feelings toward his second album, he told Wax Poetics, quote, I don't like it. A lot of the music was added to my vocals after the fact, so I don't think it complimented me correctly. It definitely wasn't my best work. The rhymes were too fast, so you couldn't get into the stories. It was just really rushed. Well, that is the story of Slick Rick, Mark Plummer, six loaded weapons in a boot, including a shotgun. Go hunt down your former bodyguard in your car, just randomly start spraying gunfire at people's feet. Sounds like a Slick Rick song, don't it? But it really happened, and, you know, I know this show's been kind of lighthearted a little bit, but it's Slick Rick. Slick Rick's lighthearted. But it is one of the darkest moments in pop culture history. Come on, it derailed the dude's life for uh, several years. He ends up fighting deportation. I mean, he spent over a, another whole year, a year and a half nearly, in, in jail uh, for, for uh, again, for uh, immigration issues and ultimately becomes a U.S. citizen after all that drama. Now, he's, he's had some trials and tribulations, to be sure. Mark Plummer, well... He got plugged by someone uh, unrelated to this whole story anyway. And again, you know, that's kind of, it's one of those things, I wonder if Slick Rick ever sits around, you know, adjusts his eye, pat, eye patch, uh, you know, 
moves his furry mink coat around, you know, kicks back in his chair and thinks, man, you know, if I'd just waited, if I'd just waited, smart plumber situation would have worked itself out and I would have got to keep five years of my life, keep making rap albums. I might have been a bigger star. Might have been uh might have been the Tupac or something of of my era. That's Slick Rick. This is when it was cool, dark. Thank you very much for listening. Support us on Patreon. We love pop culture. We love retro pop culture. And we hope you do too. So sample some of our other offerings. And I'll see you here again soon with another show. Hey everybody, Carl here. I got a true story for you. The other day, I ran through the McDonald's drive-thru. I didn't have much uh, lunch options. So I said, I, you know, grab something here from McDonald's. So I grabbed just a, a standard uh, um, meal there, one of their numbered meals, uh, a double quarter pounder meal. I didn't upsize it or anything, just got it as it came. Ten bucks, ten dollars for this meal. And look, the fries were terrible. You know how sometimes you get McDonald's fries are awesome and sometimes they've been sitting there a minute and eh, not so good. Well, there I was. Uh, ten bucks spent on this utterly unremarkable to not very good meal. That is literally two months worth of Patreon support at When It Was Cool. And we have 2,000 podcasts for you to listen to. Listen, I want you to just do me a favor. If you're not a Patreon supporter at When It Was Cool, I want you to go there right now, whenitwascool.com, hit any of the Patreon buttons, give me one month. Come on in one month, five bucks, and as soon as you get in, I want you to just start downloading shows, start saving them to your device, saving them to your computer, listen to them later. I want you to, quote, steal as much content as you can, because I think you're going to really like what you hear. I think you're going to love the variety. I think you're going to love the fun, and I think you're going to come back for more. You're going to say, hey, that was the best five months I've spent this month, surely better than that ten dollar meal i got through the drive-thru this is what i want to do and hey we we appreciate it uh that big fast food chain uh, they don't care one way or the other i promise we care and we appreciate it check us out when it was cool.com <laughs>